I'm going to open your Bibles again to our text passage in 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1, I want to preach a very pastoral sermon this evening. I desire to be an encouragement and I think one of the most encouraging things for me in, the, uh, in life is to keep life in perspective. Uh, the devil wants to bring confusion and de- confusion to deception and uh, deception to discouragement and the word of God helps us uh, to keep life in perspective. I want you to notice the context. First of all, I point out the text. Uh, the text is in verse number 6, wherein you greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, you are in heaviness through manifold temptations. The word temptation here is the trial of your faith, not the temptation of the lust of the flesh or the pride of life or, or that, but it's the trial of faith. And that's what he says in verse number 7, that the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perisheth. Now look at verse 6, wherein you greatly rejoice. Now what were we rejoicing in? Well, to find that context, we look at verse number 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. I'm saved. But I also have an inheritance in heaven because I'm joint heir with Christ. Verse 4, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that fadeth not away reserved in heaven for you. Now I can rejoice in the fact that I'm begotten again into his family. I'm saved. I'm born again. I can rejoice in the fact that heaven is my home and I have an inheritance in heaven. Now verse number 6. Wherein you greatly rejoice. What are we rejoicing in? We're rejoicing in our salvation. We're rejoicing in our sonship. The fact that we're joint heirs with Christ. And then he says this, and it's important to put it in perspective. If you forget you're a child of the king, you think trials are an expression of God's anger toward you, and they're not. God's trials are not to hurt us. God's trials are to help us. And so I want to preach tonight on this subject, the benefits of trials. The benefits of trials. Heavenly Father, help me as I preach tonight. I hunger to be a blessing. Lord, there are many folks specifically that I desire to be a blessing to that I have and I am praying for them. They're going through a trial of their faith tonight. And Lord, it's difficult when you're going through the trial to see the benefit of the trial. Sometimes, Lord, we just press on. We just press through the trial. And tonight I pray that you'd help me to show us the benefits that would encourage us and strengthen us as we push through the trials of our faith. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. The Bible has much to say about trials. If you'll give your attention to these scriptures. Romans 5, verse number 3, the Bible says, And not only so, but we glory in tribulation also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience. The word tribulation, the word temptation, they're a reference to a testing or a trial of our faith. Romans 8, 18, the Bible says, For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time 
are not worthy to be compared, are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. In other words, the pay is a whole lot more than the work. You'll be rewarded far more. Even though the trial is difficult, the reward or the result of the trial is greater and much greater than the trial. Romans 8, 28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Romans 12, 12. Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. Again, the word temptation talking about the testing or the trial of our faith. But God is faithful. Who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that ye may be able to bear it. 2 Corinthians 12, 9. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. James 1, verse number 2. Brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers temptations. James 1 and verse number 12. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation. I love the word blessed. It means extremely happy. It, it, it means happy to the fullest. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation or the trial of his faith. For when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. 1 Peter 4.12 Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you. 1 Peter 5, verse number 10. But the God of all grace, who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, settle you. There are many facing trials in life this evening. Many folks in our church membership, many folks that watch us online here in America and around the country, around the world tonight, there are many folks that are facing the trials of their faith. Some are sick in body and they're facing a trial of their faith. They're asking God, Lord, why is this happening? It is a health issue. Some are facing a mental or emotional struggle or battle. Uh, we could refer to it as a spiritual warfare. It's not easy. It is a trial of your faith. Some are experiencing a delayed answer to prayer. It's difficult. You, 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 you've met the condition for the, for the prayer to be answered. Uh, you have prayed. You've done what the Bible says, and yet there's no answer yet. It is a trial of your faith. The devil would say, I'd quit praying if I were you. I would say to the devil, well, I'm not you. I'm a born-again child of God, and I will continue to pray. There's some that are hurting because of a family matter. Maybe it's marriage. Maybe it's family. Maybe it's a relationship. 
You're going through a trial of your faith. Some are going through just spiritual warfare in the mind and heart. I'm going to give you tonight five benefits of the trial. Now the Bible tells many stories of trials and victory. Think of this example. By faith Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac, and he that had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called, accounting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from whence also he received him in a figure. You know what the Bible is saying? In the mind of Abraham and in the heart of Abraham, the deed of offering his son as a burnt sacrifice was a done deed. He had prepared, he had planned, he had the wood, he had everything in his heart. Isaac was offered and he so believed, he so believed God through the trial of his faith that he believed that even if the son was dead, God could bring him back to life to fulfill his promise. The trial of faith in Abraham's life. Take your Bibles and go to 2 Corinthians chapter 11. 2 Corinthians chapter 11. Notice some of the trials of faith that Paul went through in 2 Corinthians chapter 11. We'll not read all of them, but we'll read some of them. Uh, look at verse number 24. 2 Corinthians eleven twenty-four. Of the Jews, five times received I forty stripes, save one. Thirty-nine stripes, five times. Thrice was I beaten with rods. Once was I stoned. Thrice I suffered shipwreck. A night and a day I have been in the deep. In journeyings often, in perils of waters, in perils of robbers, in perils by mine own countrymen, in perils by the heathen, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren. That's a lot of danger that Paul faced in life. In weariness and painfulness, in watchings often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness, Beside those things that are without, that which cometh upon me daily, the care of all the churches. Paul goes on in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 to talk about the personal trial of his faith, which was a thorn in the flesh. But Paul concludes, as we've read the verse already, Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. The Bible has a lot to say about trials. Trials are not enjoyable. Uh, trials are nothing that we look forward to. They're difficult. But I want to say tonight, there are benefits in trials. Number one, the first benefit of a trial is we immediately seek God. That's a good thing. When we face a trial in life, the first thing we do is say, Lord, I need your help. 
sad to say, many would never seek God were it not for trials that come in our lives. We certainly do not seek God outside of trials quite like we do during a trial. The New Testament church was a place and a people of prayer. However, there were times that they went from a regular prayer meeting to an all-night prayer meeting in times of trials. You see, trials cause us to call on God. Uh, when Peter was in prison and they planned to execute Peter, they were going to take his life. And the church got together and they did not go through just, well, I'm feeling bad, I want you to pray for, I don't feel uh, good today and I've got a headache today. They, they weren't praying like that. They didn't want Peter to be executed. They, and they were begging God, God, please deliver Peter. You see, trials cause us to seek the face of God. There's no show, there's no pretense. We're hungry to get a hold of God. We're desperate to get a hold of God in the time of trial. It is good and it is good for us to seek the face of God. You let a trial, you let an emergency, a difficulty, a challenge, a sickness come to your life and to your family and see if we don't seek the face of God. Hezekiah was a good man. Hezekiah was a man of prayer. Hezekiah was a king that God used in a great way. Uh, but when the prophet told him, he said, I, uh, Hezekiah, uh, set your house in order because you're going to die. He turned his face toward the wall and he began to weep and he began to seek the face of God. Was that the only time he prayed? Oh no, but dear friend, that was a time that he passionately sought the face of God. The first benefit of the trials of our lives is to seek the face of God. When we're seeking God's face, we're better in attitude. We're better in word. We're better in behavior. We're better in spiritual condition. Have you noticed folks going through a trial, they're not ashamed of their faith. They're not ashamed to witness. They're not ashamed that they're a child of the king. But when we're going through an ordinary day or time of life, and sometimes into carnal behavior, we pass up the opportunities to give a gospel tract. We pass up an opportunity to be a witness. Oh, but when trials come and difficulties come and we seek the face of God, we are, we are very, very quick to obey the Holy Spirit of God because we seek the face of God. So if you're going through a trial tonight, you're most likely closer to God because you're seeking the face of God. Let me give you the second benefit of trials. The second benefit, trials are a confirmation of our faith. God does not try people just for trials' sake. He tries their faith to better or increase their faith in God. So when God tries me, what he is doing, he is recognizing my faith. For example, the Bible says the world was a wicked place. God looked down it repented the Lord that he had even made man. Uh, Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. He had faith in God. What did God do? He said, Noah, I want you to build an ark. 
120 years he preached without a convert. 120 years he was a preacher of righteousness without any turning, without any changing. Not one person got on the ark. Not one. 120 years uh, the ark was building. What was God doing? God was trying his faith to hurt him. Oh no, he was doing that to strengthen his faith, but that trial was a confirmation of his faith in God. As dross-covered gold is tried or purified in the fire, our lives as a Christian, our faith is tried to make it stronger. Trials of faith does not come to those. Trials of faith does not come to those that have no faith in God. Oh, and think about this. Pharaoh faced no trial of faith. Now he faced the consequences of wrong. He faced the judgments of God, but no trial that would make him a better Pharaoh or increase his faith. He had no faith. Uh, Pharaoh did not face a trial of his faith. He, he faced the consequences of his sin. Ahab had no trial of faith. He faced the consequences of his wrongdoing, but no trial to make his faith stronger. He had no faith in God. On the other hand, God did try Elijah's faith. If you're going through a trial tonight, God's recognizing your faith. He's not punishing you. He's recognizing your faith. He's saying, there's one who trusts in me. And that faith could be made stronger and a stronger faith could accomplish more and bring more honor and more glory. And that's the purpose for which I'm made. I'm made to honor God. I'm made to glorify God. And the thing that pleases God is my faith. More faith, more pleasing. More faith, the more I can honor God. Judas faced no trial of faith. He faced the consequences of his wrongdoing, but no trial that increased or strengthened his faith. He wasn't a person of faith. He was a fraud. Uh, but Peter was tried, and Peter became a better Christian. God was recognizing his faith when he put him through the trial of his faith. Paul was tried, and his life was made better. Joseph was tried, and his life was made better. Don't be frustrated or angry at God because of a trial uh, that is in your life. God is recognizing your faith. That's why James says, count it all joy when you fall into divers temptations, knowing that the trying of your faith worketh patience. So first of all, the first benefit of the trials of our faith is we seek God. Second of all, the benefit of our trials are God is recognizing our faith. Number three, the third benefit of our trials of faith, God responds to our seeking Him. God responds. God responds in a great way. God responds in a mighty way. How did God respond to Elijah? He sent fire from heaven and burnt the sacrifice. He had put him through a trial of his faith. You understand, uh, they weren't playing games. Uh, Ahab and Jezebel, they weren't playing games at all. And God had put him through the trial of his faith. Oh, but God blessed the trial of his faith as he sent fire from heaven. And then uh, he sent the water and the floods after it had been uh, dry for three and a half years. I'm saying tonight, God responds when we seek him. I love this verse. I'm going to read it for you. Isaiah 57, 15. 
Listen to this verse. For thus saith the high and lofty one that inhabiteth eternity, whose name is holy, I dwell in the high and holy place. Imagine seeing where God is tonight. Imagine the throne that God is sitting on. Imagine the high and holy place above where we are, where he rules the world. Imagine seeing a figure, seeing God as he sits on that throne, as he's the king of kings and lord of lords. The Bible says, I dwell in the high and holy place with him also that is of a contrite and a humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. You know what the Bible is saying? The great God of the universe, the great God of eternity comes to humanity in his time of humility, in his time of hurting, in his time of seeking the Lord. God responds to our seeking him. God responded to Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Now, he didn't give him the answer he wanted, but he gave him an answer that would take care of every problem he would have for the rest of his life. Paul said, Lord, take away the thorn. God said, I'm going to give you the grace to bear it and any other trial that you face for the rest of your life. That was better than what he asked for. God responded to to Paul's request. Uh, God responded to Peter when he cried out in repentance. God responded to Abraham when he cried out to him in need. God responded to Hannah who desired to have a child and she came to the temple and she wept and she wept and she prayed until she could pray and weep no more. And the, and the uh, priest came in, Eli, and he thought that she was drunken because of her behavior. She was just so exhausted because she hungered for a child, not for selfish reasons, but she hungered for a child that she could give back to God, a child that she could rear to love and serve him. God responded to Hannah's prayer. God responded to the slaves in Egypt. The Bible said he heard their cry and he delivered them. What an amazing thing. They were so humbled they cried out to God. That's what the trial did. God's not mad at you in the trial tonight. God's not trying to hurt you in the trial tonight. He's recognizing your faith and he's putting it in the fire to burn out the dross and to make it better, to make it more valuable. Don't run from the trial. Don't run from the will of God. He's making you a better servant for him. Number four, the first benefit is that we seek the Lord in times of trial. That's good. It's natural. And and, and I, I wish my flesh wouldn't like this. I don't seek the Lord as much when things are going well as I do when I'm in times of trial. I want to. I desire to. I go through various thoughts and even rituals trying to think, and I don't mean that in a bad way, but I, I, I come to this auditorium and I imagine how my heart would be hungry for God if one of my children had a terminal illness. I imagine what it would be like if I knew that I have. And I've been with those that the doctor says, you have weeks or months to live. Every moment, every hour was precious and valuable and they didn't want to waste it. I imagine, what would it be like if the doctor said to me, you have six months to live. I want to seek his face, but dear friend, we just can't imagine until we go through the trial, we cannot make up for that hunger for God that a trial brings in our life. We seek God. Second of all, after we seek God, we come to the place uh, that uh, God recognizes our faith. Number three, God responds to our seeking him. Number four, we learn him in the trial. 
He's a good God on the mountain. He really is. He's a good God. If everything's well in our lives tonight, He's a good God. He's worthy of our praise. He's worthy of our attention. He's worthy of our love. He's worthy of our worship. He's a good God on the mountain. Oh, but as good as He is on the mountain, He's ten times better in the valley. Oh, He restoreth my soul in the valley. He gives me strength in the valley. In the valley of my weakness, I recognize how strong He is. Until I recognize my weakness, I don't need his strength. But when I come to the end of myself, and I say, Lord, if you don't do it, it won't be done. God said, that's what I've been waiting for. Sometimes we're like the ant that was on the elephant's back. And they walked across the bridge, the elephant did, and the ant said to the elephant, boy, we shook that bridge, didn't we? We don't have much to do with it except faith in God. We learn him. Paul said in Philippians chapter 3, verse number 10, that I may know him, the power of his resurrection. You understand what that means, the power of his resurrection? Paul's not saying, I hope to raise from the dead. Paul said, I want to know the power of the Holy Spirit, which is the power that raised him from the dead. I want to know that in my life and the way I get that, the way that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. You cannot learn God on the mountain like you can in the valley. He's a great God. If you want to know how God is in the valley, We can talk to Job and find out how good he is in the valley. We can find out from Abraham. We can find out from Peter. We can find out from those around us that have been through the valleys of death, that have been through the valleys of darkness, and yet they stayed faithful as the fellow saying before the message tonight uh, to be determined to live for God. And the very first words they began to sing was talking about the trials that we face in life, but I'm determined to live for him. You want to find out how good God is, talk to somebody who's been through the valley with God. Number five, the last benefit of the trial, God showers us with blessings. God made Abraham the father of a great nation. Well, he went through a lot, didn't he? God said, I'm going to give you a son and make you the father of a great nation. Years past, he had no son. It came to the place that it was impossible for Abraham and Sarah to have a son. And then God gave them a son. God made him the father of a great nation. God blessed Job and he uses him and the example of his life yet today. You're in the midst of a trial tonight. God's not angry at you. He's recognized your faith in him. He's making your faith stronger. God wasn't angry at Abraham in Genesis 22. He was recognizing his faith and strengthening it. God was not angry at Joseph when he's thrown into the pit. And thank God as Joseph looked back as he said in Genesis chapter 50, he said to his brothers, you meant it for evil. You tried to hurt me. You tried to kill me. You meant that for evil. But God meant it for good. 
Paul Harvey, a songwriter. Bill Harvey, not Paul Harvey. Paul Harvey was a newsmaker. Paul Harvey was the rest of the story. Bill Harvey was a songwriter. And he wrote the song, Why Complain About the Problem? Rejoice in the Opportunity. You have a chance to grow in grace, take hold of responsibility. The reward is worth the suffering. And there's glory some sweet day. So praise God for the problem that's on your way. Don't wallow in pity in your trial. Yield to the will of God. The trial is to make our faith stronger. Amen. I don't look forward to trials, but I sure thank God for the blessings of trials past. Amen. May God help us as they sang to determine to live for the King. Stand with me if you will. Heavenly Father, there are many tonight, many a dear friend that I pray for. They're going through a trial and the devil takes advantage of every opportunity to discourage them. And the devil tells that old lie that God doesn't love them. I think of those tonight sitting at home watching this sermon right now health was good till all of a sudden you allowed a sickness to come into their life they seek you I seek your face on their behalf I think of the church in the Philippines it's praying for the property they're having services on the sacrifice they're willing to make, the difficulty they're going through. I pray, Lord, that you'd help us in the trial of our faith not to give up, not to get angry, not to quit, but to press on by faith in you, understand, understanding that the reward is worth the suffering, an opportunity to bring glory to you that we did not have before. Bless our prayer invitation time. Some need to yield their will to you again. Some need to get rid of the anger that they have in their heart toward you and to trust you tonight. Bless, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. As he